0: restaurant unstoppable episode 995 with emily eld
1: and also i'll be very honest like i don't have one approach towards food one approach works for me but that might not work for you and so i really understand that health is a bi person experience if that makes sense
0: are you ready for it factors success stories failures and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by one huddle, a coaching and development platform using quick burst mobile games to more quickly and effectively level up and fire up your workforce with one huddle. You can onboard new employees up to 45% faster. There was actually a study done by the university of South Florida that has proven that you can train your employees 45% faster. This just isn't fluff. This is real stuff. One huddle, this new and improved way to educate your staff will train, Translate into increased sales because you're creating more consistency with the guest experience in both front of house and back of house, i.e. menu development, just learning the menu, POS, limited time offers, food costs, things like this. To learn more, head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one huddle. That's the number one in huddle like a football huddle. And when you use that link, you can get access to one huddle's game shop. Three thousand plus on demand skill games on everything from bartending to serve safe to the latest Amazon best-selling books, and so much more. One more time, restaurantunstoppable.com slash one huddle. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot Outfit, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com/rsp. That's rsp for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com/rsp. This episode is brought to you by Ovation. Creating a great guest experience is the goal of every restaurant. Every time. But the ways to find out what's actually happening with your guests are terrible. That's where Ovation comes in. Ovation gets happy guests to leave you positive reviews and unhappy guests to share what happened. And it gives you specific ideas to improve. Ovation, it's frictionless for your guests, easy for your managers, and powerful for you. If you're interested in actionable guest feedback, visit OvationUp.com slash unstoppable. Unstoppable listeners get $100 off their setup fee. What are you waiting for? That's Ovation up.com slash unstoppable.
1: With excitement,
0: allow me to introduce to you today's guest owner of Muffin Drop, Emily Eld. Emily, are you feeling unstoppable today?
1: I'm feeling un- unstoppable for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: uh, I am here because our good friend Kara Graves at Uptown Social said you got to talk to this lady she's killing it she's Aww. doing a great job and i i personally get really excited when i talk to people who are within a couple of years of getting started because starting a, a food and beverage business today is a different game than it was even 10 years ago or five years ago like 20 years ago Totally different. So, getting a fresh perspective, somebody who is starting now, and especially the way you're doing it with a minimal viable product, one thing, using the the free resources at your disposal to get started, to keep your overhead as low as possible, and to use the tools to grow your brand, like you're killing it, Emma.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, definitely something.
0: Yeah, so I cannot wait to find out, to dive deep into your strategy, the the mistakes you might have made, things you might have done differently, how you've evolved in this two to three year period since getting started. But your story really doesn't start with the business. It starts before that. Before we get to where it all begins, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us?
1: You miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: Good old Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How has that mantra helped you?
1: That mantra is very real for me. I mean, it's not like I say it every single day, but I probably should. I feel like if starting a business taught me anything, it's really that you can't hold yourself back. You have to really try everything, and especially the stuff that scares you. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if this is a quote from somebody, but embarrass yourself. I yeah. actually think it might be the woman who started Spanx. She actually talks about that a lot. Um, and I... I just feel like you have to embarrass yourself. Obviously not to a point where you're uncomfortable and doing something weird, but you want to put yourself out there in all the ways that you can. And you kind of have to be fearless about it. And it forces
0: you to evolve every, every time you fall on your face, you're like lesson learned.
1: Yeah. And the (laughs) lessons, I mean, I think I have to remind myself every day that mistakes are actually the best and you have to make mistakes and the best learning lessons. The
0: fear of mistakes will hold you back from ever starting or ever getting better or ever. This is something I'm dealing with right now with these cameras. You know, like this was scaring the crap out of me for the longest time. It was the next phase for me. It was the next step, the next evolution. And still sitting there, if you saw me set these things up, I'm clunky, I'm I'm confused. I don't know if I'm doing anything. Hey, exactly Hey, you did right. well. But you every time well. I do it, I get a little bit better, Yeah, you know? And, and uh, it, that is such a great way to get this thing started. So I already kind of gave some like hints and some suggestions of where this story starts for you. But why don't you take us to where you think it makes sense? Where's the beginning?
1: Okay, so the beginning always takes us back to... Being 15 or 16. Um, But even before that, just to give a little basis of information, my mom had these famous mini muffins that she would make. They were famous, obviously, to our friends and family. But they were banana chocolate chip. And they were just like, they would fill the house with the beautiful smell of banana chocolate chip, banana bread. Everybody has a memory with banana bread. Um, And so move forward to 15 or 16, I developed autoimmune disease. So really... It was already past the point of, oh, we can handle this. Like, it was really bad. It's Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So the thyroid gland in um, your neck or throat. What does the
0: thyroid gland even do?
1: So it controls so much. It controls your hormones, like metabolic function. There's like anything from cognitive can get affected. It's really like a whole body experience when your thyroid gets messed up um so we didn't know at the time what it was and you know at that time we had been doing everything in modern medicine just as most people have done their whole life and we went to the doctor and we were like what is going on with me i was 30 pounds overweight i had chronic inflammation and we didn't even know really what inflammation was it's just like i was so inflamed i just didn't even look like myself and i was falling asleep at like 3 p.m i was exhausted and 3 p.m is actually a a very important time with thyroid that really shows you if you're really tired at that time something's going wrong my adrenals were stressed out I started develop all, developing all these different food allergies and I had never had food like food allergies prior to that and so my digestive tract was messed up so we go to the doctor and they look at me and they're like oh you're okay and I'm like did you hear everything I just told you like I am not okay yeah. you know like I'm really down bad and I was like 15 or 16 so at that point you, you really don't know you're just trying your best Um, On top of high school and, you know, going through all those adolescent experiences. So it really prompted us to start this journey of like taking our health into our own hands. And my mom, the badass that she is, she's like, we're not going to stop at this answer. We're going to keep going. And it introduced us to um, holistic medicine and functional medicine and, you know, utilizing food to heal. And one of my first doctors, well, we went through like three to five in the beginning just to kind of see who we resonated with. But they were like, you know, your diet is extremely important with how you live your life, how you um, just like run in life. And it's like the gas that you put in your car, you know, and what were you eating before this? You know, everything normal, like gluten, dairy, all the processed goods, you know, everything like that. Nothing organic. And it just wasn't the knowledge that we had. And we we didn't really think about it, you know, and. This doctor was like, you need to start detoxifying your body. And something that you can start doing is you can go plant-based and really hyper- Fixate on plants in your diet almost, and I I always resonated with vegan veganism or being vegan um, because when I was in first grade, I literally told my parents I don't want to eat meat. I had nothing to trigger me; just my body just didn't really resonate with meat. And it was funny because I started eating meat a bit after that, like in high school. Like I would only eat chicken. I wouldn't eat anything else. It was just chicken, no fish, no anything. Um, I then introduced a little bit of fish, but there was no other meat. And so when the doctor was like, "You should go plant based and vegan," I was like, "Oh, old hat! Like, let's do that." But the gluten, that that is what killed me. Yeah. I was a pasta freak. Like, I probably gave myself a gluten allergy.
0: I I have a gluten in, like sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, if I eat it, I can definitely feel like ah, just I'm yeah. not the same. Mm-hmm. But it's
1: so good. It's so good, <laughs> and I. I, I mean, I like I'm a I'm a gluten hoe so you, I'm the You fa-
0: try to be a restaurant business yeah. podcast, and everybody throwing gluten, gluten in your face, and you're just like, yeah, that pizza looks all right. I'll I'll try.
1: Exactly. It. I guess I can be your exception for today with some <laughs> yeah. gluten free muffins. But anyway, so all that trajectory led me into food as healing, and um, I I obviously couldn't eat my mom's muffins anymore. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I just started searching the internet and kind of like went crazy because I was just super interested yeah, at this point.
0: Fix. Yeah. yeah I,
1: I just wanted to make up muffins and it kind of just became this like obsessive thing that I went through and I was so excited. So
0: what's the significance of the muffin? Like talk, like why
1: muffins? Why muffins? Honestly, I just love those muffins so much. And I feel like muffins just like, well, okay, let's actually take it away from muffins and go to banana chocolate chip. Like okay. that flavor, I think everybody has a memory for. It's so good. Everybody can think about their grandma's recipe or their aunt's recipe or somebody, whoever in your family. Like that smell of banana bread is what just triggers you. So for a whole year when I started my business, I only sold banana chocolate chip. It was like, there's nothing else. I was almost like, I'm not even going to make another flavor. Well, I
0: think that's a good idea. Like you start, you have a minimal viable product, right? Yeah. One thing, one thing. What yeah. else? And then ask people like, oh, like I wish you had this flavor. Oh, okay. Oh, wow that sold really well maybe we should you know like you don't yeah. know what you like but the starting small i think is the, the, the best way to
1: do it yeah and i think really early on i realized that i didn't want to overwhelm myself like i knew i i, I loved to bake and still love to bake all different things but the muffins were something i knew how i was doing like so well at it and i was like why would i steer away from this and then also once i started making other flavors it was like okay let's just use this base and just kind of keep rolling with that and so what
0: like yeah are you allowed to talk about the, like what is the base? Is it like so?
1: I make my own flour, so mm-hmm. that's I think something that's going to be always really exciting. You as grind we, it, so you I we mix it, we full mix it. Like like my whole life, I was always mixing it with my hands, and I didn't even realize I had my own flour mix like on, on my hands when I was making these products. And then finally, it hit me. I'm like, wait, I'm using the same flour <laughs> in every single muffin that I'm making. I think it was when I started recipe testing for other flavors. I was like. I started messing with the flour proportions and the muffin would come out wrong. And so then I would use the same flour proportions and I was like, wait, I can keep making flavors off of this flour ratio. And so it's a mix of almond flour, coconut flour, and arrowroot starch. Okay. And um, yeah, so I mix that up and then it creates the fluffiness and the moisture.
0: Where'd you go to learn about all this stuff, especially in like 2000? (laughs) Was there a lot of resources online? No,
1: no, not at all. I. Oh yeah,
0: I was gonna say there's one lady I actually had on the show who um, started uh, halfway half a hail life bakery. Does that sound familiar?
1: I don't know, but I need to look into them. But
0: it's same kind of the same story where her and her son were just like her son got sick and then and like I think it might have just been her son, but like or maybe it was a daughter. But like somebody got super sick and she went to like every place to figure out like what can I feed my kid? Yeah, they couldn't find anything, so they just started testing recipes. Yeah, and then once they I think they started like a blog too where they're like taking, like taking people through their journey of like, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is like, this is what we're discovering. And they started sharing recipes and they made this incredible community, this online community around people like you who were faced with like this, this, this dilemma of like, I can't eat the things I love. I, yeah. I, I want my muffins, right? I just want my freaking muffins. Yeah. And I can't eat my muffins anymore.
1: And that's actually a really important thing to kind of break off of. I was so almost like pissed off at how the quality of gluten-free and vegan goods were back then. So I think part of my obsession with making my product was like, okay, I just want it to taste like a normal, delicious (laughs) product. Like I want somebody, I don't even want to tell you it's vegan and gluten-free. Like I want you to eat this and be like, oh my God, that's so good. Um, But at the time, like when it all started, once I was told, okay, you need to remove gluten and you're going to go vegan and you're going to start eating more organic and get rid of the GMOs and, you know, all the things. I was like, okay, well, where am I going to go? And I just started researching. You know, you got to just p- plug and play. Like, YouTube was my best friend. Yeah. So I really went towards the vegan YouTubers, the gluten-free YouTubers. And everybody makes fun of me. Like, my boyfriend and I, we only watch YouTube. Like, we don't really watch shows. I kind of
0: started watching more YouTube, mostly because I, I want to get inspired by, like, what other travel... Yeah. Like, like what other
1: travel You got to get doing. into YouTube. And it is the best because... I think since I have such an intellectually like curious mind, you can just type whatever you want in the search bar and then anybody with passion about that topic just goes on and yeah. goes off about it. So that was the vegan and gluten free yeah. stuff. This is a
0: good time for me to pitch that I am sharing more behind the scenes stuff. We're actually just talking about this yeah. before we hit record. Uh, I'm getting much more comfortable with these cameras and I'm doing a lot more talking and just like into the camera so Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable Podcast YouTube channel. Please subscribe. And my selfish pitch is over. Continue your train of thought.
1: Selfish pitch. I love that. <laughs> I mean, I'm like a freak about YouTube. I love I love everything about it. Um, I probably need to get on YouTube myself, actually, now that we're talking about it. So maybe this will inspire me. But yeah, just a lot of um, digging around online and finding people who had had stories similar to me if I could and blogs and piecing together different people's recipes to figure out what resonated most with me and to build something. And I think at one point I had like five different recipes that I was pulling from. Can
0: you toss me one of those muffins real quick? I got to check these things out while I'm talking. I'm so interested. So you brought me What do we have? This is
1: the coffee cake muffin. This is the coffee
0: cake. I'm going to throw those. Those
1: are my boyfriend and my mom's favorite. Those are kind of like a cult favorite. Like, people who love the coffee cake, they love the coffee cake. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: love coffee cake. So, um you didn't master this overnight, though, is the point that I'm trying to make. It, yeah, it wasn't no. like when you were 16 years old, you tested a recipe, and it went
1: gangbusters. It took No, years. it took me years. It took me, I think by the time I was, so, I, at 15, that's when I developed autoimmune immune stuff. I started baking. Really, as a form of therapy for all the autoimmune stuff that I was going through. How do
0: you just develop it? That's one thing I'm curious about. How? How is it something you're not born with? How autoimmune disease? Yeah.
1: So this, you know, this goes into a lot of different parts of the. There, yeah. There's a little. I know. DHEC and um, USDA make you put the label over the opening (laughs) to keep it fresh, but um. Yeah, (laughs) I know. People just rip it open from the sides too, and I'm like, whatever you got to do to get that muffin in your mouth.
0: Um, Like I noticed that the the gluten free muffins. the camera's
1: not quite
0: getting Oh, there it goes. I just got it. I've noticed the gluten-free muffins in my in the past are always so like dry. Yeah,
1: that's why you've got to have the moist muffin drop. Oh my god. So
0: <laughs> First bite. Oh, ma'am.
1: Okay, I love that response right that's away. That's gluten-free. That's gluten-free. That is plant-based. Vegan? That is all the things. Vegan too? Fully vegan. Damn girl. All the things you got in that refined sugar-free? So we only use coconut sugar in the base wow. of our product. So you're not going to find white sugar, even brown sugar. So we try to keep it as ref- like unrefined as possible. That's good. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's real good. I love a live review. I'm
0: happy that there's two in this bag.
1: Um, but, three? Yeah, there's three. So Damn. that's really what I kind of moved into. So the whole three-piece bundle thing. Dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I hope uh. we can give you more to really substantiate <laughs> you. But you'll feel good after three. I promise you. Uh,
0: I mean, so, yeah, not only is this delicious, but I'm sure it's, it's probably like, it's like health food.
1: Yeah, I mean, what? okay, so I'll walk you through some of the ingredients in that. So you have our ingredient base, or our flour ingredient base, which is the arrowroot, the almond flour, the coconut flour. And then I sweeten with only maple syrup or coconut sugar, I was I was just saying. Um, in that, you have a little coconut sugar and cinnamon. I
0: can chew this with my tongue.
1: Yeah, right, That's I know. So Especially because I was like, okay, I'll leave them out till they get a little bit nice and moist. Um, and then there is, what else do we have in there? Almond milk, we've got vegan sour cream, not the junk filled one i use forager which is really nice and clean um you and then yeah. New yeah i ship everywhere we <laughs> ship a, nationwide baby i sending <laughs> some news to my sister She's oh yay! In, uh, love that
0: so um so th- i think the, the big thing i wanted to, to take away early is like you know if you have a passion if you if you create something like this that deserves to be shared and it sounds like once you like dialed in the recipe you started like what was next for you
1: yeah so i once i So the dialing in of the recipe really didn't happen until the pandemic. So I had been, as I was kind of saying obsessively, like just out of therapy, always trying to build what the recipe was for my banana chocolate chip muffins. And every year I'd kind of figure out, okay, like baking soda, this salt, this, like leave them in the oven for this amount of time. Um, But they would always turn out different. And I was like, what the heck happened? And, like, one time, my best friend's mom, who owns a restaurant, who's an amazing chef and all the things, she was like, are you measuring your wet ingredients? Are you measuring your banana? Like, are you getting the the ratio, like – to a a T and I was like oh no I'm doing it different every single time <laughs> and that was like one of the big things that taught me a baking lesson of like okay this is how we can streamline and get the product to look the same every single time you
0: measuring with like measuring cups or weight,
1: um wait and um we were doing measuring cups or no we, I was just putting the bananas in I was using three four however many you know yeah. I wasn't even measuring like two a T or grams or anything like that so then the pandemic came and we were all locked inside and I was like okay what am I gonna do bake muffins every single day so I just was like you so you
0: graduated in twenty twenty right?
1: Yeah, I graduated literally right when the pandemic hit. We went on spring break for my senior year second semester, and we never went back to school.
0: Where were you in spring break?
1: Um, oh, <laughs> we were gonna go to Nashville, but they everything got shut down, so we couldn't go to Nashville.
0: I was in um Florida for spring break. Of oh 2020, wow! And I just remember just thinking to myself. No, was it? No, it was twenty no, twenty one where things were still like oh, trying yeah. to loosen up, and I thought like, oh, there's nobody gonna be in Florida.
1: Oh like, no, everybody was in Florida.
0: Everybody was in Florida. I was everybody
1: like, moved to Florida. And I,
0: and I hadn't had COVID yet. And I was like, if I haven't had it yet, I'm definitely getting yeah. it. Yeah. Oh trip. my
1: but, God. I mean, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But um, yeah. So spring break happened. I was at College of Charleston. We never came back from spring break. So after that, it was a lot of cooking, baking. And I was sharing it actually on my personal instagram, and um that was something that kind of got me started like with sharing because I never felt comfortable to ever post on my story or anything like that. and then I was like, "Okay, I'm stuck inside. What else am I going to do?" and really started just sharing on instagram so
0: you started sharing, yeah, you started getting yourself out there more. What would the first post like? Well, like how it was a lot of
1: story like? story sharing, okay. so and it was all on my personal Instagram because I was like. That's my friends, my family, you know, I'm just gonna start sharing. And I was cooking so much. I was making vegan recipes. And I was like, Oh, well, this is cool to share. Like in the pandemic, everybody is bored. So I'm just gonna start sharing on my story, like what I made that night, like vegan spring rolls or vegan buffalo wings and all that stuff. And obviously, the muffins were involved in that. But I really just started for the first time ever, like sharing on stories and all that. And, um, Then it trickled a little bit further down and um, I was sharing every single day pretty much on that. And then I when I actually ended up um, being like, okay, well, maybe one day I'll just like sell these muffins because up until this point. A lot of people were like, "Are you going to sell these one day?" And I'm like, "When the hell am I going to sell muffins?" So
0: when you first started sharing these muffins on your story, what was like, what was the? Were you just like taking pictures of the process of making them, or like either the process or
1: literally the product? But more so, the just sharing the muffins came once I was like, "Should I sell these?" Um, But yeah, I was just taking pictures of the food or maybe how I was making it. Like,
0: so what was the objective? Before you decided to start selling it, were you just sharing your passion?
1: Yeah, I was just doing it for fun. Everything of this is passion based. I I, I think I told somebody somebody the other day was like, "So are you going to like do this, whatever?" And I'm like, "This is passion funded." Like somebody was like, "How are you paying for this?" I'm like, "Passion funded." Like everything of my soul is just in these muffins. This is the
0: best way to start. <laughs> and it's seriously, yeah. like all the best stories I've captured on the show, it starts with somebody was like, "I just would cook this thing because I love cooking it," and I would just tell my friends to come over. Yeah, and then more friends started to come over, and then eventually I, I couldn't do it in my backyard anymore. And I had to like go someplace yeah, or, or I would go to someone else's house yeah. and do it. Or, and then somebody was like, you should sell these. Yeah. <laughs> and I
1: also think with food, like you almost need that because you, you need to hear repeatedly that this food product is good. Cause people with food are ruthless, you know, right. like they're like, eh, that's crap, you know, right. like if that's not good. So I would just hear all the time, like these muffins, these muffins, but I, ne- I literally never thought I was going to sell muffins. Like never thought I just never did. But my dad, funny enough, he was always like, did you record? Like, did you write down what you did this time? Did you write that you changed the temperature? Like, I would always go in, run into their room, be like, oh, so I decided this degree for the oven, and I put this in there, and my dad's like, did you write it down? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's in my head. Um, so then, moving forward, after I was sharing in the pandemic, all that stuff, my boyfriend and I, he actually was like, let's start doing social media for people, and that was like the first time I ever did anything entrepreneurial, and it was like, oh, you can make money by like, helping people with a service, that's cool. And so we were doing social media for like real estate clients and travel people or travel. What's the travel luxury travel clients. <laughs> and, um, people I,
0: looking to do luxury travel. Or yeah. Like who uh, advisors, traveling?
1: travel advisors. Is that what they're called? Uh, <laughs> like the people who plan trips.
0: There's a, there's a name for them. We'll come to, we'll mind.
1: come back to that. But either way, th- those are the types of people we're helping. And I think one day I was like, wait, okay. So like, we did this for them. They pay us. I'm not working for anybody. I get to make a schedule. That's pretty cool. And I was like, maybe I have the courage now. Everybody's always told me, like, sell these muffins. And I was like, I've been posting them on my story a lot, like, during the pandemic. Like, maybe I'll just be like, anybody want to buy travel them? Legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. travel <agents. laughs> That's what they're called, travel agents. But I was like, maybe I'll just do it today. And like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to post on this story. Anybody want to buy these? And that day into the next day, 30 order- orders off the bat.
0: Who ordered them?
1: friends family people had been telling me like can you can you sell these and i was like okay i guess we're just in this and it felt so natural
0: yeah i I feel like especially recently too like there's more and more people are just choosing to go vegan and gluten-free just because they notice it makes them feel better yeah and there's there's a demand and and you there's literally nothing well maybe not literally but there's very few options of good gluten-free vegan-free options out yeah. there. Yeah. So like if you're someone who's made this this choice like you're a godsend for them. They're like finally <laughs> a moist muffin i can eat and not hate the fact that i've made this life choice.
1: Yeah. Know? I think i mean that's probably the only reason why i do it you know at the end of the day like i love like for instance somebody today was like I have celiac and I am so excited whenever you drop these muffins off at one of my wholesale locations, like, cause I don't have anything that can, you know, taste this good and have this texture. And I'm like, that's like, when I hear that, I don't think people really understand the impact that has on me. Like, it makes me honestly just so emotional when people tell me that. Cause I'm like, that's the reason, like I was pissed off when I started this because nobody had something that tasted or had this texture like this. And so it's amazing when I keep getting stories like that and the product keeps improving and people, you know, I just love the responses about it. Like that, that is the best part. And I hope as we grow, we can just reach more mouths, you know? So, and ears with this podcast. And ears.
0: Hopefully using mouths and ears, this podcast to reach more ears. You do reach more mouths. Um, So, uh, when you were doing the social media stuff, what were you learning? were you like cause is your is your boyfriend a big social media person was he good at social media or
1: yeah I mean he's just like so tech focused like he my boyfriend and I we have a very collaborative relationship we've been together since high school
0: I'm jealous of your relationship by <laughs> right? if there's any single ladies out there that want to travel a little country and do social media yes, like, right here single guy single guy working, right here with a if, lot of oh skills my, no joke whenever I hear about like I think I would love I think there's something about living intentionally and like your life partner also being your business partner and some people are like no
1: No, like we thrive in a business setting. Like we are probably too business oriented together. But like no matter what he's doing or what I'm doing, we constantly are creatively collaborating. Like I feel what drew us together in the beginning was the fact that we had this creative like anything. It would be like, okay, you're going to post this. And he has this one vision of how like he'll be focused on a grid and how it looks. And for me, I'm more about a vibe. Like, does this flow? with this edit or with this sound or, you know, I, it, we just collaborate. Does this color go with this? I'm more of a visual.
0: Yeah. And working alone sucks too. Yeah. Like sitting in a room by yourself all day and working is to me, like the horror, movie. Like, but working with somebody and feeding and like, yeah. and masterminding and like, like, like here's an idea. Well, here's an, like, and like slingshotting off yeah. each other's ideas. One I on love. one
1: is so awesome. Yeah. Like, I love a one-on-one collaborative relationship. And I also just love... I mean, anytime you can get inspiration from anyone, like, that's my favorite thing. Like, I love that we get to do this and I can hear about everything you're doing because all of this stuff is... I mean, I don't know. I just love anything that's new and it creates inspiration for me, you know? Yeah.
0: So um, what what lessons are you learning from the social media, like, picking up clients? Like, So you had travel agents you're doing social media for and who are the other people?
1: Um, different, like, architecture. It was all to do with, like, homes and traveling, um, real estate. Oh, yeah, we had a real estate client. Um, So, I mean, honestly, mostly what I learned, it wasn't about like their industries and things like that, but how to cater to a client, how to communicate with clients, how to even do anything that's entrepreneurial, like create price packages and like, you know, go out and do all the shooting on your own and kind of do all the multifaceted things that come in to owning a business. Because not only are you planning their content and shooting the content, you're also piecing it all together, emailing them, Finding new clients. Oh my gosh, the sales aspect. I love sales and both of my parents were in sales. So I think it's probably just, you know, something I learned young. But um, yeah, I think the sales was awesome and emailing and trying to scout out new people. I think just all those skills, you know, there's so many things you learn no matter what industry you're in. You just learn so much.
0: So what what was the tipping point for me when did you what happened in your life where you know you it wasn't like it was new that people were reaching out to you and saying you should sell these this is something that was happening over and over
1: again what happened like when
0: were you like i'm going for burst of
1: inspiration burst Burst of inspiration courage actually it was a minute of courage and i think especially when you share anything of yourself with the world it's super vulnerable and obviously you have no idea if anybody's even going to message you and that could like tear your soul up but i think probably somewhere in my body and in my brain i knew that okay i'm making these muffins for a reason right like we're probably i hope maybe we could do something with them one day so i think one day when i really just felt it i was like i'm just gonna post like let's see what happens it was just a feeling in that moment it was a gut feeling you know and any anything after that it just happened and it flowed and it was just really meant to be i guess
0: yeah yeah um So I think now's a good time to take a break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to talk about how you from first sale to where you are today. This episode is brought to you by One Huddle. One Huddle is a coaching and development platform using quick burst mobile games to more quickly and effectively level up and fire up your workforce. One Huddle provides a mobile first approach to preparing the modern worker, a library of 3000 plus quick burst skill games and the option to instantly create personalized content. One Huddle is changing the way restaurants develop their workers by transforming the traditional manuals in videos into deceptively simple, highly effective mobile games proven to level up workers quickly. Let's get into some of the facts. So with one huddle, you can onboard employees 45% faster than traditional methods. And there's actually a study done by the University of South Florida that has proven you can train your employees 45% faster using games on one huddle versus traditional micro learning and video based learning. This new and improved way to educate your staff will translate into increased sales because you're creating more consistency with the guest experience, both front and back of house, i.e. menu development, menu memorizing, POS, limited time offers, food costing, things like this, you're looking at a more engaged worker too because They're in competition with themselves and the entire organization. This stuff is powerful. Right now, head to www.restaurantunstoppable.com/slash-one like the number one in huddle, like a football huddle. And if you use that link, you can get 90 days access to One Huddle's game shop, which includes 3,000 plus on-demand skill games on everything from bartending to serve safe to the latest Amazon best-selling books and so much more. Again, that's restaurantunstoppable.com slash one huddle. And you have to use that link. This is a cost per acquisition agreement, meaning we get paid per lead that goes through that link. So if you are finding value in this podcast and you want to support, please use this link. And it's it's a testament to how much we believe in one huddle that we're willing to do this. So thank you in advance. We are back, and you sell your first muffins. Yeah. Um, how did you sell them? Like, where where did this trans this, this transaction take place?
1: So, fully started in my parents' kitchen when I was living in Connecticut. So, this was what is this? So, this was twenty twenty one, and it was winter. Lots of snow going on outside. A little and so, over two years ago. Yeah. So, I um I started making them in the kitchen as I had been making them where I'd been making them all of high school, and that's where I was living at the time because I had moved home from college because the pandemic and i was living in connecticut doing all the social media stuff and so when i released on my story one day and got all those responses i was like oh i need to figure out what these muffins are going to be sold in so i think i ran to like michael's or something or maybe i even got it off amazon i wish i knew but i no, i definitely didn't get it off amazon i was not planning it was from michael's and so i ran to michael's found these brown boxes actually that i got the brown boxes but the first thing was like a cake box And it was, like, not going to be um, very lucrative if I kept selling them in those cake boxes. Like, literally, like, $10 for three boxes. Um, But you don't know. Exactly. So I had them in, like, these cake boxes and tied them with a bow. And I was writing all these handwritten notes, like, breaking my hand, writing all these handwritten notes, like, essays. It wasn't just, like, thanks for the muffins. I was, like, thank you so much. You don't know how much this means to me. (laughs) Like, personalizing the messages. Um, Just got everything that I could. I was, like, this aesthetically looks cute. I'll get some ribbon on there just going to wake up and start baking them. And I think uh, I went to the grocery store the day prior and they didn't have the right bananas. And I was freaking out and looking up online. How do you make these bananas ripen quicker over the night? Because you need the bananas yeah. nice and ripe as we know with banana bread. And I think I like put them in a brown bag and I was like p- praying like, please be ripe by the time I wake up. Just
0: knocking on your neighbor's doors. Let me see your bananas.
1: Right. I honestly, <laughs> I have done that. Like you don't actually know how many people I need to thank for the bananas. They've donated me in the <laughs> beginning of this company. But, um, so, yeah, and then that morning I woke up like 7 a.m. We started making all the muffins, and I had, I, I'm pretty sure it was like 30 orders, and it was all in these cake boxes. And I have pictures from that time, and it was really cute. And so,
0: 30 orders, how does that trend? How many muffins is that?
1: So, I think when I started, I was selling a ridiculous amount of muffins per person. I think I was selling like 20? 20 per person.
0: So, 20 times 30, 2 times 600 muffins? Yeah, it
1: was a crazy. It was a crazy beginning like those first couple weeks were a lot of muffins and I was just like here we go here we go here we go with my and at that time I didn't have my baking tray that I have now that can do like 48 at a time so I was doing it in my mom's like vintage like 24 whatever so I was just waiting for them to bake okay oven come out like just over and over again and it was so fun. Like, I was like, oh, cool. I get and to like, sell my muffins. How, how do you know
0: what to charge for these?
1: That's things? the thing. You don't. Like, that was the craziest part. I was like, I have no clue. Like, I've never sold a product. I, I had, especially food. But what you do, and I think anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, you literally just start re- researching. And I'm sure, and I'm not sure. I know for a fact I was undercharging. I think everybody probably does in the beginning. But I was way undercharging. I wish I, I don't even remember what I was I think it was like ten bucks for the twenty muffins, and like it doesn't even make sense.
0: Covering your costs? No,
1: and also doesn't even cover the cost. Like these are vegan, gluten free, GMO free. You're not
0: using cheap ingredients. Yeah, to do this,
1: not cheap. And so the price point for the ingredients is already high. So I, you know, I had to just look online, and I think I just looked up like how to what is like how to create a margin or you know profit margin for different um food baked goods and i saw all these equations from this one woman's blog post and i was like okay i'm just gonna start working with this and at that so time you remember who the woman was oh, i have the link but i don't have the woman like i have it was a, just a google website that i found is
0: it, is it making dough by any chance
1: oh my god i i really don't know we're gonna have to go through my phone afterwards i might know
0: these people because like what you're googling what you're looking for yeah is basically you know the the people I talk to.
1: Well, often. we can, we can go through my, I probably have it in my notes for like,
0: I do have a whole episode dedicated to menu engineering for the oh. record. if people are listening to this, I oh, like, I want to know where like David Scott, Peter uh, founder of restaurant systems pro uh, sp- spells it out. Oh, and, and I wish we got like, that's some awesome. Of, yeah, it was really great. But um, so you, you do the research. What did you, what did you learn?
1: So I think I realized how you have to have your co- your cost of goods and then how like the, time that you're spending to make it to into that equation and then the you know the price of your goods and how much you're going to charge it um charge it for and all of that stuff I start piecing it together and I really didn't probably figure out margins well enough until at least a couple of weeks in um and I think that's also something that you're constantly learning you know cuz if you start getting wholesale for different ingredients. Like, let's say I'm now getting wholesale pricing for my almond flour, and that's now much less, and I'm getting more, you know, more for less. That has changed my margins, too. So I'm constantly having to change margins, if that makes sense, which is really exciting. Dynamic
0: pricing, and that's one thing we are guilty of in the restaurant industry, in your food and beverage. We said it, and we forget it. And mm. We live in a dynamic, fluid world. Yeah. Where especially recently, the cost of goods going up. and I think yeah. this is where we get in trouble, where we're like, we're so afraid to charge the the, the value. the something. We're, it's worth something. Yeah. Know your worth. Yeah. And charge for it. And don't be apologetic. Yeah. If people piss and moan, be like, you can't afford to eat this.
1: And also something I, well, and like I, I keep here, I get messages all the time that say a similar, um, experience of like, okay, well, what are the medical bills going to cost? So if you fed yourself well and you fueled yourself well and you paid that extra price point, that's a,
0: yeah, and that's exactly. Sorry, did I cut you short? Oh no, no, that's that's, that's exactly the say. point too. It's like so. Typically, we, we we build up to this part of the conversation, yeah. in the podcast, where it's like, where is the industry? Where are we headed? What can we do to transform the industry? And I think that a part of the issue is that just there's a mess up values. People yeah. don't value the, the, the food they're putting in their body. Like yeah. we used, people used to spend upwards of twenty percent of their income on food, oh, like fifty, sixty years ago. Yeah, and then we commercialized the food system. We centralized it. We made food cheap and fast, and we we our perception of the value of food got warped. Yeah, and now people think food should be cheap. But what happened to us as Americans? We got a reputation for being a bunch of unhealthy big old fatties. Yeah. And we felt like shit You know like We did it to ourselves You know
1: Yeah and I mean this is just something That I always want to continue Educating on Because it's just been My life story at this point Like really healing through food And also I'll be Very honest Like I don't have One approach towards food One approach works for me But that might not work for you And so I really understand That health is a bi-person experience if that makes sense. And so the foods, I mean, we can all agree that more plants is very healing for everybody on the planet, but I'm not somebody who's like, okay, well it would make sense for you to necessarily go vegan, but it could be. But I do think everybody can learn from vegan going vegan yeah. for a period of time. You know, no two
0: people are exactly the same. No two There's people are exactly the same. Certain people where depending on your, your genome, like where you're from, your ancestors, heavy meat diets in like your body, your, you evolve
1: yeah. so for that.
0: Um, anyway,
1: but I feel we could get lost in that, but it really is something. And like, I feel like it's so helpful to just try a bunch of different things. Once you realize that nobody's body is the same. Cause I think we all go into trying to do the same diets as other people and thinking that because that worked for somebody, it's going to work for somebody else. Right. And I think a big part of my healing experience is not getting dead set on just like one option and trying a bunch of different things. Cause even when you go into being just vegan and gluten free, then you have grain free, which the muffins are grain free and not including grains in a lot of autoimmune patients' diets is really helpful because a lot of grains can kind of have a similar reaction in the body as gluten may, maybe not as um, extreme as somebody with like celiac, but there's different you know phases. And then excluding sugar from your diet and re- refined sugar, there's so many different pockets. And I think that's been something so fun for me to try everything out and see what works for me. And now I'm 10 years into my experience with autoimmune and I've tried everything. I mean, I'm not going to say everything because I will always be open to other things too, but it's done so much just being open-minded and not getting stuck on just one way of eating or one way of excluding things and doing all the different things because now I'm healthier than I've ever been. And it's been through being inquisitive and trying different things and researching and you know, and not having a you know, prior opinion on things.
0: Interestingly enough, what you just said in, t- in reference to your personal health and how you're constantly trying new things and you know, sticking with what works and what doesn't work is exactly how to run a business. Yeah, that's true. What works for somebody else's health might not work for you in your, like, you know, or so what, what sorry, what works for somebody else's business yeah. might not work for you in your business yeah. based off of your strengths, your values, your vision, uh, the people you have, the resources you have to work with. And as your business grows, what worked for you two years ago might not work for you today. Totally. It's a constant, evolving, changing beast. And yeah. you can't compare yourself to others. You can learn from others. And you can, you can pull bits and pieces from different people yeah. kind of like what you do with your recipes and your food and like going to different people.
1: Yeah, you know I, mean? I think that the going to different people and asking as many questions as you possibly can like sometimes I'm like I'm probably being annoying by how many questions I'm asking but I just love to learn because I, you really have no experience like somebody else with starting a business like everything can be different no matter if somebody else started a muffin business we could have two completely different layouts for how we're going to do anything. And it's also very independent about how you exist as a person. Like owning a business is a very big um, self-development process because you learn so much through the energy that you put into the business about what you're doing to your own life and how you lead your own life and how you lead with other people and you know how you organize things and how you plan things. And I think that is constantly my battle and just, you know, experiencing all these different things and learning from it and yeah, all those different pathways and <laughs> the people that get yeah. you there.
0: So back to your, your entrepreneurial business evolution. So you, you launch, you're, you're like, who wants to buy these muffins? And you do this on Instagram and Facebook? So Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Um, how did you collect payment? Venmo. Okay. So <laughs> Venmo. So they would put For an cash. order in, A I E direct message you? Yeah. And you would DM reply me. with, here's my Venmo?
1: Yeah, it started with... Started with Venmo because I was like, how else am I going to do it? You know, I didn't have my website for it. Um, I I feel like we talked about technology off camera, but I'm always a little bit late to the technology. So once I find a technology, I'm like, oh, why wasn't I using that this entire time? But like this happened when I developed my... Like at the Muffin Drop Instagram handle prior to that. I mean, I think there was a lot of benefit in this. But since I had started with my personal page, so I hadn't created a Muffin Drop page. It was all just my original Instagram. I've since started a new one, but it was just at Emily Eld. And it was all my friends and my family. And I was like, that's probably the most beneficial way to start. Like everybody in here already knows my experience. Maybe they're going to want to buy the muffin. So for me, that was a great launching point. Because I was just in this class at College of Charleston, they asked me to come in and speak. And this one girl was like, So, what's like a good starting point? I'm like, Your friends and family. And like, they have a lot of connections too, who then will connect you. And so, my original Instagram page, just my personal, that's where I took everything. And then, once I felt like people knew about the Muffin Drop, that's when I started the Muffin Drop Instagram page. And then, that was all the streamlined content of the brand.
0: So, what was your strategy getting the word out there? You, I mean, you went to friends, and but but once you got the traction with friends and family, and you wanted to move beyond that, yeah. You, you started your own Instagram. What was the content like? What was the, What was the? What were you posting? What, yeah. How did you get people from post to purchase?
1: Yeah, it was. You want to know the best part? It started with stories, and then it continued with stories. So the beginning part of the business was other people buying the product, and then taking a picture of my cute little package and then putting it on their story. And then from that, I would get like five followers from that or this, this and that. And everybody would store story it, and it kind of became a thing. Like everybody would take their cute box. So it was a little brown box that I would tie with a string. You'd have your muffins inside with a little card. And then people would story that and I would leave it on their porch and all different things. And people would post on their Instagram. And that's really the beginning of the business. And then after that, it's very word of mouth and... Just like talking to people everywhere you went, and people asking, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "I sell muffins." <laughs> so
0: when did you get to the point where you're just doing digital social media resharing, tagging, linking back? Message me if you DM me if you want muffins. To hey, I'm gonna bring these to a market.
1: Yeah. What happened
0: first? Markets or pop-ups?
1: Pop-ups. So, what, so
0: how do you approach the pop-ups?
1: Rachel James is a lovely woman with she's a multi entrepreneur now, but she had has this crystal shop she's a local um, business owner and she has this crystal shop called wild alabaster and I remember I was going to like little yoga experiences there and I would go once a week and um, I went one day and I met Rachel and she was like well have you ever done a pop-up and I'm like oh I I haven't done a pop-up like what does that entail and she's like well you'll bring your business bring your pop-up table you know create the experience through this table that you're going to set up And that was my first one. And I had all my different friends come through and it was so fun. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do more of these. And very organically after that, I'd have businesses that would reach out and be like, hey, do you want to do a pop up? And that is the best thing about Charleston. Charleston is so collaborative And so supportive This community When you start something They come in like a big hug And they immediately Want to help you And no matter what it is Food, any business People value Small business here More than big business We're bringing
0: value To the table too You have this incredible product That's hot People want muffins and (laughs) people want muffins uh, not just any muffins but like people want to be able to go and eat things that they used to be able to eat especially at coffee Like, do you go to coffee shops and just sell
1: it there yeah now that we do wholesale so So, we're in different shops but but but. when
0: you're doing pop-ups so so like bring it back to your story people reach out to you like hey do you want to come do a pop-up where were they saying come come to here Where? yeah so
1: for instance Rachel has that crystal shop so I went into her crystal shop and popped up in there and then there's
0: tons of crunchy girls want
1: yeah yeah exactly Um, (laughs) and And then there's actual markets. So there's amazing markets around here. There's a lot that happen in North Charleston because there's, I think, more space. Um, and then there's like, they're either at individual businesses and people say, pop up on my lawn, or there's like 10 of us vendors and we're all at that one business. It's a lot of businesses saying, hey, come so through. Like a retail. Yeah, retail.
0: Not other, not like cafes and b- b- coffee shops and things like,
1: like that. Like the ones that are more so, sometimes it can be a coffee shop, but maybe like smoothie bars and places that have lunches or places that just have space and create community. Places that demographic. Yeah
0: people that were going to buy what you're looking
1: exactly for. and places that just like to create community like ple- like a couple of my um wholesale accounts like they have big lawns and they're like okay this is awesome because it not only allows you to sell your goods but it allows the community to come in and buy things you know but then it moved into the charleston city market and that taught me so incredibly much what did it teach you so the charleston city market i swear has to be one of the oldest markets in the entire country or at least I, it might be the oldest market on the southeast i
0: wish there were more markets yeah have you ever been to thailand
1: i haven't but i always say it's one of the places i really want to go it to It
0: puts things in perspective yeah man. like their markets out there are awesome Ugh, like they're, I can imagine. they're consistent there's a market every day of the week and you just need to know where to go to look at the markets but street food and just vendors and I wish we did more of that
1: here. I don't know why we don't. Well, in Charleston, it's amazing because markets are just part of the way people live. So it's so cool. So the Charleston City Market has vendors who have been there for like over 20 years and then they have newbies like me and my friend at the time. She was selling there and she was like, well, have you ever considered doing this market with me? And it's a whole application process and they have to try your goods and it was honestly that experience was really cool because it set me up for everything else that i ended up doing because when you're in the charleston city market and you get invited and to be a part of it it's every walk of life that walks through there it's all the people who are tourists visiting the city so it's not like you have the health nuts it's not like all the health nuts are just at your booth it's people from all over the country who have no interest in your product
0: and if you have a a, a product that you're shipping yeah now you are you got in front of them They're gonna have those muffins But I can order these from home
1: Yeah And then also It helps grow your following And then people are like Oh this is so cool I got to experience this When I was in Charleston And But for me The biggest thing that I took From Charleston City Market Was the sales aspect I had to convince Or just explain to people Why my muffins were good Even though they had A vegan gluten free title Because yeah. people were just Walking through And they wanted They're in the south They might want something fried Or you were, know Really sugary
0: Did you do some en- Menu engineering By this point Some engineering Reverse engineering The, the actual value the cost of these things. I hope you did.
1: Wait, That's as it. in, as in explain further.
0: So like, are you like weighing out? Okay. Okay. There's X amount of grams of this, this flour and that oh, flour yes. and salt and sugar. How much does that cost? Oh, yeah. So and at this point, at I want to make point, a 15% yes. profit. Yes. You know, how, what's the packaging cost? Like, yeah. So you're getting your, your worth. Of this getting
1: flour. all these things, pieces of the puzzle as I went on. Because once again, it's not like I had experience in the space, you know, so I had to I, like, especially like just looking back, like when I would use the brown paper boxes, right? And that was the packaging. People couldn't see the the, the product in the packaging. So I had to then figure out, okay, well, maybe I need something that's translucent like the ones that you see now, and that's the bundles. And so that made, that actually created a better profit margin um, by buying those because the brown boxes were almost like um, recyclable takeout um, containers and they were super expensive. And I was getting them from this one site that wasn't... Always, they, they weren't always stocked with it. So I would kind of be rummaging around always. And then if they didn't have it, I had to go to Michael's once again. And so the profit margin was all out of whack with that. So then once I really got consistent with my packaging, then I Buy could... bulk. Yeah, buying bulk. And also, just like finding the resources that are consistent and are stocked and make sense and that you can buy in bulk. That was so major for me. Like, I was buying everything from Whole Foods or from the grocery stores or, you know, places you could buy health flours and health sugars, you know? So that was expensive. How long
0: ago was this when you were in the market? So, if you started two years ago, how long did it take you from like first Instagram to first uh, market?
1: I think appearance? that I did my first pop up. So, I started in Connecticut probably a month before I started the business down here. And that was like what I, my LLC was official. So it was probably end of March or no in March. So March is when I was like, let me sling these muffins. 2021, 2020,
0: 2020,
1: no, 2021. Sorry. 2021. Yeah. Okay. So 2021 March. A
0: little over two years.
1: Ago. Yeah. So 2021 March was when I got the inspiration to sell them. And then I, my family ended up moving here. So I was like, well, I don't want to leave Charleston. I went to college there. Like that's the best. Yeah. So I ended up fully moving down here. It felt so natural. I was like, why did I ever leave? Cause I never thought I was going to stay here. I thought I was going to move to New York and do one of my past internships that I had done when I was still in school, but the pandemic changed everything, rerouted my entire life. So Um, yeah, so I ended up in Charleston. I was like, I couldn't even imagine that I was going to be back where I went to school, but it was, it just felt right. So then I was here. And then probably in like within two months, I had maybe my first pop up. But at that point, I was just dropping off. I was driving all around and I was just dropping these brown boxes on people's porch and people were ordering through Instagram and, you know, getting through there. Then I had a pop up and then I didn't start the Charleston City Market until probably... October of 2021 and then I did that till December and then I realized that I kind of couldn't be on just a consistent schedule with just one pop-up because seven months after
0: starting you were doing pop-ups and regular consistent markets.
1: yes um and so that whole period of time I was doing pop-ups all that and then I did Charleston City Market until like the winter and I realized then I had to kind of do more individual ones that didn't just kind of have a set schedule and then I was able to go all around and do different, different markets and meet different demographics and different people so
0: how long, like after, let's say, a year on average, how many muffins, how many orders of muffins were you getting a week,
1: oh Pro- approximately?
0: Goodness. If you had a guess,
1: I was getting. A, I wonder how many that was. I need to go back Ballpark. in my brain. It doesn't have to be exact. Brain catalog. um
0: one well, may ask me, like, what? How many? How many orders are you getting a week now? Is it has it continued to grow? Or is it- so
1: now we're really in wholesale, and that was a really exciting thing that happened. So
0: before you got the wholesale, how when you were just doing pop ups and and shipping them, yeah, to, like what is like the average amount of orders you were going to get?
1: So if I was doing pop ups and I was shipping, like I could get like twenty orders, um, and then I would be doing like the pop ups. So the pop ups would would require at least couple hundred muffins each time so I was doing in most people's orders they were getting in the beginning 12 muffins per but order the packages
0: were the same whether you're shipping them or selling
1: no they them. were different okay so if I was shipping them in the beginning they were in like these <laughs> airtight vac sealed like plastic containers and I was shipping I believe for 16 16 and then people that's at 12 pop-ups 12 and
0: 16 right those are the options
1: yeah so 12 and so that was what they were 12 and 16 and then now what they are is the three piece and they moved into three in a, um, a takeout container
0: and that's for the pop-ups and that
1: was for the pop up. so I would do like I don't know you meet like 30 to 50 people at a pop-up and like you could sell to all of them and then you could also have a really are bad the margins pop-up.
0: better on this are you are you on there?
1: when you're doing not the pop-up yeah so the margins for pop up and then online retail are the same, but then if it's wholesale, you're um, selling it for le- for less to the business, and then they're you know because they have to make yeah. a margin on it. So um, yeah, the whenever I get an order through my website or get an order you know at pop ups, that's awesome because you're getting full price. Were you doing
0: this at the pop ups?
1: No, I wasn't doing the bundle yet. Just so, twelve. No, 12 I was I was doing the three piece, but they were in the takeout container. Okay. So I was doing the three piece, and then I actually would do a six piece mix. Um, which I had to stop doing once I started doing the bundles. But I would do three pieces of the same flavor. And then at the bottom, I would do six different um Or I would do six pieces, three different flavors. So you'd get two um, of each flavor in that box. And then once I started having to produce more, I was like, okay, I can only do the three-piece. And it was also great because people wanted something that was grab-and-go, you know? I'm not going
0: to lie. I'm trying to get down to the the amount of revenue you were doing. I'm I'm trying to reverse engineer this. I'm trying
1: to think back to everything, honestly, because it's shifted, you know?
0: So you said you were doing 20 orders a week. So... Yeah, like, let's
1: say that so I was 20 doing 20 orders
0: a week times how much a, an order.
1: Well, actually, I mean, it could be like let's say let's say you're doing so oh this well, this is what we didn't talk about. So it was it was drops. So I would do drops per week. So let's say I did three drops. I would release on my story, "Hey, I'm doing a drop." Like this is back when everything was through my DMs. I would be like, "Hey, I'm doing a muffin drop this week." That's how the name came about. I would do drops like I'm dro- I'm doing a like a shoe drop, you I was know. I'm curious about that. Yeah, so yeah. the name actually came from I was doing drops And so I would release On my story Hey here's the muffin drop For this week Here's the menu And so I would put on My story the menu And then I would get DMs So I would get like Let's say 10 DMs on a Tuesday So that's 10 orders right there I had to bring myself back To remember where I was Because I'm in a fully Different phase And then let's say On Wednesday I did another one Get another 10 to 15 And then later in the week You could get The same amount or more So I could be doing And what was I selling them For at that time Let's call it like $20 per order Okay. Let's say they were doing Like $20 So obviously let's put 20 times 30 And then let's say you're doing a pop-up you can make anywhere from 200 to 500 dollars from a pop-up um yeah so i was doing when i was grinding and doing all the pop-ups i was doing like three to four i was doing anywhere from one to four a week and those were grueling so you're doing about Three it's like
0: times two point five on average you do two point five a week
1: yeah right? let's say that like that was what I was averaging but when I was in grind mode like I could be doing like four pop ups a week and it was only me so that was crazy so that was actually amazing for revenue but it was killing me so right you do
0: between uh, sorry two thousand and three thousand a week.
1: Muffins or oh profit yeah Yeah. that would be an amazing week yeah that could be an amazing week if I had a bunch of pop ups that week so um, but it could be also less if I didn't do a pop up that week you know what I mean so that was when I had to shift the business away from just doing pop ups but this this is
0: this is livable wage
1: yeah it was it was a little crazy when
0: you're doing all the work yourself and their cost of goods I mean what were your cost of goods to produce that many but like would you so I
1: think I was able in the beginning because I was doing it out of my apartment and that was a different like rent for. Or no, I was actually living out of my parents' house in the beginning, and I wasn't paying a rent, so I had no overhead in the beginning. I had no overhead for a like a good amount of time, and um, that was great because my profit margin was just the ingredients, and then you know my labor, and that was awesome. And then you start having to pay things like rent, and you have to start paying for you know gas so you're mileage. Not and, at
0: home anymore, right? You're no, no, I'm in a promissory. commercial kitchen
1: now, right. but like I, we're taking it back to the beginning because there's been phases. So I was a. Um, Cottage Law Baker for a long time, which allows you to... Cottage Law? So that allows you... And it's different per state, but it allows you to sell direct to consumer. So if you're making it out of your home and there's different laws in every state. Um, And so South Carolina is one that is a lot more, not loosey-goosey, but they're a lot better with it and they've gotten even better. Like you can actually sell, I think, small amounts to wholesale as long as you're only making a certain amount per year, um, which you could not do when I started. I'm having another Yeah, dig in. But so... um, So yeah, now I have to pay for rent, and then also you have to think about retail tax. You have a retail sales tax every week that you have to pay, Um, or not every week, every month.
0: You're so good!
1: Yay, that's amazing. You should. Oh, you can see. I was going to say you guys should see his reaction. It's pretty great.
0: YouTube.com/slash/restaurant/unstoppable (laughs) podcast. Yeah,
1: but yeah, you're taking me back. I have to remember all the details because now we're in a fully different phase. We do wholesale. I have a website that people can order through. You know, I didn't even have a website in the beginning. So
0: how many orders are you getting today? On um, just say website orders.
1: So I would say that the the website orders probably are still pretty consistent. Like you can get like anywhere 10 to 20. Like if you do, I'll still do kind of like, I'll still be like, I'm shipping on X day. Right. So I'll be like, I'm shipping on Tuesday. But I would say right now, majority of our revenue is becoming, is coming from wholesale and wholesale? stuff like that. Yeah. How many,
0: many counts do you have?
1: So, and growing from wholesale, so we've got twelve. Wow! And then, um, and honestly, like, I want, I want to take on more and more, but you need hands.
0: I also want to remind the listeners: you started this two years ago, yeah. as a project, and people are like, "You should just start selling." this. like, yeah. you haven't even started yet.
1: Yeah, barely. I you know,
0: and I just want to like, like I love talking to people like you who are like usually like when I first started this podcast, I made it a rule that you can't be a guest on the show unless you have been open for at least five years. Oh no way! <laughs> And I changed that to, I'm going to prioritize called out guests yeah. for exactly this reason. Because success recognizes success. Hustle recognizes hustle. Yeah. Grind recognizes grind. Yeah. You know, and Carrie greys was just like, this lady's doing it. And she and I have a lot of respect for her and the folks over at Uptown Social, and they are grinders, yeah. too. I, so, I
1: have always said, like, I always tell people Uptown Social is my favorite bar because they just have that New York grind. They have that grind in them, and they don't, you know, they just do it, you know? Yeah. Like, you just, you can see it. You said, what, what was that quote you just said? Success find success or yeah, recognize the right, success it, it you totally you can see it in other people and it's amazing yeah
0: so um, i i loved i would have never found you otherwise yeah, you that's know awesome. I mean, Thanks, here Vera. and um and, and and your story is more relevant really than some of i mean I, this isn't a bash against mickey bask one of the mayor of charleston the oh. official mayor of charleston charleston he had an incredible story too but he started in like the 70s mm. and this, the world is different.
1: It's so different. And
0: like we, a lot of the basics are still the same, you know, like how to be a great leader and how to treat people well and how to surround yourself with great, like all that stuff hasn't yeah. changed, but the, the details to how to start the specifics of like how you scale from Instagram to pop-ups to markets to wholesale. And what, what, what haven't we discussed? Well, I
1: also want to tell you like, in food especially when you have a product that's going to be in stores and i mean i know you know this because you talk to a bunch of people you have to go through so much licensing and stuff like that and things you know take time when you're somebody who wants to learn all the pieces and i think people always come to me a lot or they're not like or they'll be like why don't you just get you know funding from somebody you have an awesome recipe and like you can just hire all these people and i'm like i want to be a part of the process like i know we'll get there and i know where we're going like i like to learn all the pieces like one day i'm gonna be like yeah you were the one making it and now it's, you know, made by a co-packer and it's getting sold X amount and all that stuff and it's super exciting to like see the pieces that you've learned along the way because there's so much that I've learned and like now too like I'm in a mer- managerial position almost and like I have people making the product for me and do you know how long it took me to feel comfortable giving somebody else my recipe and feeling like don't comfortable yeah I mean and like
0: you have copyrighted everything
1: but I'll, yeah I mean everything I have all my legal figured out don't worry but like, more we so have
0: a talk after this call yeah
1: right, but yeah. even so like more so just feeling comfortable and being like yeah but that was like my soul that I put into that product like and having somebody else's hands on it like that took me a minute to come around to and so it's been really cool
0: isn't like conceptually it's easy right yeah extending trust actually doing it is not easy
1: yeah Yeah. and you really have to i feel like i have a really good gut that's developed through all my autoimmune and through all of my health stuff that gut literally but like the senses i get in my gut of like who I want to surround myself with and you know, the time that I want to spend in certain places. And I've really had to fine tune that, like I don't drink anymore. And that for me has allowed me to do so many things and have clarity. Um, and you know, there's just different things that have really like tested my boundaries and like have allowed me to sharpen those things and have helped me so much as a business owner yeah. that goes back to like, you learn through your business and you learn in your life, you know, it's very much the same thing.
0: Yeah. for Yeah. Sure. Um, so, so you have, the Instagram you're still taking orders through Instagram or you just redirecting to the website
1: yeah no I always am like place the order through the website (laughs) here's a link to the website yeah
0: yeah um and then so you are you still doing pop-ups
1: so we'll do pop-ups but it's nice because I have somebody to do them so it's great which like that was killing me for so long because it was so such an amazing thing I mean, I love pop-ups because you actually get to com- to meet your community and everything. But for me, when I was doing the baking, the popping up, the everything, I was it was a lot of really hard work. Like everybody who makes fun of me because there's a local coffee shop called Brown Fox Coffee, and that was one of my pop-ups I was doing so consistently. But I mean, I'm somebody who doesn't sleep, so I'll get it done. And I would go and. When it was like 30 degrees in Charleston and sit outside, no heat, like nothing like that at my table, just trying to sell these muffins at Brown Fox. And they gave me such a leg up because I was consistently there every Tuesday. We would do Brown Fox Tuesday. And it was amazing because I would meet the community there and really build, you know, friendships through that. Um, And we still do pop-ups because you have to be involved in the community, you know? It's just nice to have help. I don't do Charleston City Market, but... um, What'd you say? Why not? Well, they re- they required a consistent schedule. And so when I stopped doing that, I just realized I needed to be able to do all different types of things, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I recommend the city market to anybody who's starting a business. You learn so much. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I got to connect you with Callie. Yeah. I, I, You know what?
1: I, wa- I would love it's
0: not Callie it's Carrie and I did <laughs> so good I didn't call her Callie one time during the interview and I knew I knew at some point today I was gonna mess up and call Carrie Maury Callie, Callie I, need,
1: I thought her name was Callie. Callie's so that's her
0: amazing. mom They're named after her mom oh, and I was God. like I am gonna screw this up and I did so well I knew it was just a matter
1: of hey time. you're just giving her promo it's, it's great and that's <laughs> yeah. the name of her brand but
0: her story sounds very similar to yours really she just started she started with mail order she cool. th- that's and in and from there it grew to um, basically it was mail order. What else should she do? I think it was just, yeah, it was just mail order until she started doing the little like, um, the, the retail, but for her in her mind, she's like, I'm not looking to profit off the retail. I just want to get myself in front of people. Yeah. You know, like I just want people to know that this thing exists here. Like she was selling all over the country, but not in Charleston. Yeah. And she's like, and so many people come to Charleston and like, if you can make your brand, uh, what's the word conducive or uh, anonymous with mm-hmm. Not, not, not synonymous, synonymous yeah. if you can make your brand synonymous with charleston like i don't know like it's good to like i feel like you have an opportunity to kind of do that yeah i, I don't maybe biscuits are a little more charleston-esque
1: no but you know but, it's crazy you would really you would be so surprised by how much access there is here to amazing vegan so gluten-free stuff through, yeah and also people who are so interested there's a really big Gluten free population here um, Which I was so surprised about Like I thought when I was Moving the muffin drop here That Or starting it Like there wasn't going to be a lot And there was such a place for it And It's just growing every day And you We, we never really got to continue What you asked about But you're like How do you get autoimmune All right. And such an interesting part of it is so much of it relates to our food, our environment, what we're, you know, taking in our air, our water source, you know, there's so many different things that can, it doesn't even have to be genetic, you know, you can just develop it through our existence. And that's, you know, if you're a super sensitive being, and I have been pretty much my whole life, you can be more susceptible to things like that. And it's very, it's so integrative of all different parts of your body, but it's a very emotional disease, like a lot of your traumas and your experiences feed into it and sort of healing those things can help heal your autoimmune, which is a really crazy cool. part of it to learn. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool because here in Charleston, there actually is so many people and you just wouldn't even realize it. there's people with autoimmune everywhere who are looking for food that makes them feel good. And yeah. it's really growing here yeah. in Charleston. Yeah. Not just autoimmune, but people who want gluten-free. <laughs> any,
0: any aspect of your business, strategy of your business, something that you can offer up to somebody who might want to take the, a similar approach to what you've taken as far as getting their one thing out to the world?
1: Yeah, um, I We think haven't covered it yet. Well, I, th- I honestly think you just have to do it. Like start. You right. have to start. Like I think really and I think you'll probably hear so many people say that but it took me so long to feel comfortable putting these muffins out in the world and also you have to feel a certain level of readiness in yourself but really the only way to start is to start, you know? And so you gotta just, you really gotta like stop caring what everybody thinks. And I know that sounds so easy to say, but it controls so many people's lives thinking about what other people are thinking about them. And I think social media is a big thing, even feeling comfortable to share. Like that's taken me a lot of time to feel comfortable with because, you know, it's just not something that you feel naturally like looking into a camera and talking. But I think if you just put yourself out there and you really trust in and believe in like what you're into, like if you're passionate about something, it can create a whole life for you. Like that passion can Create everything.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: and I, I know that might have sounded a little cliche, but it really is the crux of it. If you yeah. love something so much, you can start it.
0: Yeah, and it, it makes showing up much easier. Yeah, you know,
1: making uh, your life. <laughs> so, R-
0: Restaurant unstoppable's mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. Um, when we think about transforming the industry, going into the future, like where do you think the industry is headed, and how can we be intentional about how we get there?
1: I think a lot of people are starting to realize the connection between what they eat and how they feel. And I think it's funny, like I always talk about TikTok now because it's amazing if you are using it in a way that you can, you know, self-regulate and scroll past things that make you uncomfortable. Um, There's a lot of information of people just like me sharing their experiences and how they've healed themselves and what they've done. And there's a lot of people on that app Recognizing the parallel between food and how they feel, and you know how they go about their life, and you would not even like believe the bubbling underneath the I surface bet. of what's happening. And I, I just think it's amazing. And so I think really where the food industry is going is people being really um, hyper vigilant about what they're putting in their body. So reading ingredient labels. Yep. Nobody even. I a lot of people are not versed in reading yeah. an ingredient label.
0: I think we're going in this direction too. I think food for the longest time has, was seen as you know. I mean, I think if we're going all the way back, you know, back beyond ten thousand years ago, food was literally life. Like we exist to go find it and work together to to collect it, forage it, kill it, yeah, come together, process it. Our lives revolved around food. And I think as we got more into the agricultural revolution, and food became more abundant, and we kind of we learned how to process it and. I think we kind of forgot we like we our, our relationship with food almost got like there's like a it disconnect. fuels
1: us like if we don't yeah. eat we it, don't have energy it's you literally know?
0: life like do it we is. do we eat anything that wasn't once living
1: yeah I mean it's pretty crazy do we I mean unless it's man made and you know like uh, a chemical <laughs> right
0: or like a pill or something like yeah. that or a yeah. drug like we literally like we food is life like it's F- food, food is, is life.
1: literally life Yep
0: it was once living and it makes us stay alive Yeah, and it's all connected. Yep. Like literally it's all connected It's a part of a system. And we got it it, like food almost became transactional. Yeah. And it was just something to like fill my belly Yeah how, how can I get the most of it for the least amount of money? Yeah. And we're starting to, and like it took, I think like a hundred years or more, a couple hundred years for people to like, to get so good at processing it and making it cheap and abundant that we're just finally over the past 50 years starting to like, it's starting to affect us, yeah. you know, and I think we're,
1: and it's, ca- it's catching up, you know, and a lot of people in the yeah. autoimmune, that's like, yeah. what's triggering us so many people, but you know,
0: but we're starting to to, rec- to recognize that we need to respect the natural system, the natural process.
1: I hope we are. Yeah,
0: I, th- <laughs> I hope so too. And that was actually one of the things I want to talk to you about because I'm curious. Um, so are you, how do you, are you vegan? Yeah. Um, where, what are your thoughts on mono farming, mono agriculture?
1: Oh, as in like GMO related? Is that what you're saying? Or? No,
0: like, so a lot of, there's a lot of pushback for people who are vegan or not everybody's vegan because of the like, like animal rights and stuff like Yeah, that. Some people just do it because it makes them feel great. Yeah. You know, it's a choice to feel good. Um, And they argue like, oh, like, you know, eat more soy, you know, yeah. eat more like whatever mass produced product, whatever it's soy. What are some of the other one? Like.
1: I mean, the corn, soy, rice, like those are some of the biggest crops, you know, and the most, you know, contaminated too.
0: So I guess what I'm going, where I'm going with this, you see like the, like the Beyond Burger, Incredible Burger. Oh yeah. And like all these like fake meats. Yeah. You look at that and you're like, okay, maybe that is better than a bunch of cows farting, you know?
1: But But, it yeah.
0: But at the same time, wiping out ecosystems to mass produce soybean is not good either. And the chemicals that would go into like, you know, managing all that is not good for the system yeah. either. So it's almost, it just kind of feels like a load of bullshit sometimes yeah. when I look at people who are so focused on vegan to save the world. It's like not the way you're doing it. Yeah. Where, where, What are your thoughts on that? My Somebody perspective so
1: really lies in my own healing journey, you know? So this is why I started with when we st- started talking about lifestyle and diet changes that everybody has a different experience. So for me, I know what works for me, right? Yeah. Because I've vetted it. I've tried it. I've tried all the things like I've had a, you know, a big Mac when I was little, you you know i've tried all the things i've had right. everything um but for me what worked was whole whole um whole foods so like actual like you know what the ingredient you is eat. you see the lettuce you see the sweet looks potato like an apple. <laughs> it looks like an apple you know you're you're eating what comes from the earth yeah. and for me that's always just been what i've kind of lived by anything processed immediately upset me so like when i was having really bad autoimmune issues it was affecting my gut right so i would get immediate bloating i would have really bad stomach issues and so processed foods have never been a part of my journey and I mean, it just has never worked for me and never been healing. So things like Beyond Burger, big things like that, I've never resonated with. And also, I've never really resonated with my body with eating meat. So I wasn't going to then go to a fake meat, you know. And also, I have a really good friend who's doing amazing for herself. She's grown a massive following and she talks about healing through food but hers is the complete opposite me and she's eating meat and she's eating like butter and all different types of animal fats and we just called the other day and we were talking about how we have so much respect for each other's different positions because it all just comes back to eating whole foods whole ingredients that you know what they are and not processed and so I think that's where I stand like process things that when you can't understand what the ingredient is in them, you, your body doesn't understand it yeah. either. It's a foreigner. Yeah,
0: I can get behind that. I also like the idea of regenerative farming. I don't know if you're familiar with what's Yeah, going on
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I I mean, anything that's more, you know,
0: yeah. like conducive the, for the earth. Like, cows are bad for the environment, but they're also great for the environment when they're when you mimic the natural cycle. Yeah. You know, when they're fertilizing the earth and providing nutrients to the food you're going to grow. Totally. And eventually that cow's going to get old you're going to let the meat go to waste. Yeah. Maybe you could throw the carcass on the garden and let that go into the soil and that could regenerate, you know, full circle. Yeah. I don't think it's evil. I think it's just we've, we've industrialized it. Yeah, it's the industrialization the it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The industrialization um, is absolutely the evil we, part. Yeah.
0: If we look at nature and then we try to recreate the natural process, like there's a place for all of it. And totally honestly, I feel like the, the amount of cows that it takes to bring back the earth is probably equal to the amount of ratio of vegetable to protein you should be eating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you probably should be eating a lot more vegetables than protein. And it takes very few cows to fertilize the amount of, land that can feed a lot of people yeah you know where i'm going with this yeah no so, i get you anyway anything we haven't talked about now's the time to get out before we go to the speed round
1: yeah, I mean, I think that we've covered a lot of good bases. I feel pretty good about what we're talking but, about. The
0: food as medicine is definitely the future.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's the crux of it. And reading ingredient labels and understanding what to even look for, and yeah. um, finding the resources that you resonate with with what people are talking about, and if it lights you up, that's yeah. what you should follow.
0: I think big pharma is a big a big culprit of like, oh, you feel sick? Eat this chemical.
1: Yeah.
0: So we can get rich, and
1: that's been very. That's in a you know that that takes a lot of unlearning to sort of disassociate yourself from everything that you have learned since you were little of, you know, taking different medicines to heal you. And then, you know, bringing yourself farther away from nature. And I think for me, what's worked for me is connecting myself closer towards, you know, the earth and what's kind of brought us here. And you know, those principles of really healing me and the earth has really helped heal me. Like, you know, the vegetables and all the beautiful things that it produces. And I don't think a chemical really has ever done that for me.
0: (laughs) Awesome stuff. One more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to bust out a speed round. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often restaurant systems pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the restaurant system pro 60 day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60 day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley CEO of restaurant systems pro will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the restaurant systems pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant restaurant. Recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. that's rsp for restaurant systems pro restaurantunstoppablecom slash rsp this episode is brought to you by ovation creating a great guest experience is the goal of every restaurant every time but the ways to find out what's actually happening with the guests are terrible long surveys are annoying nobody likes to take them table touches aren't scalable and every negative review costs you 30 new customers Ouch. That's where Ovation steps in. Ovation gets happy guests to leave positive reviews, unhappy guests to share what happened, and it gives you specific ideas to improve. Using a simple two-question survey, guests either click a text message they get after placing an order or scan a QR code to easily answer how was your experience. Happy guests leave five-star reviews and can be invited back with automated text marketing and unhappy guests share privately what went wrong so you can resolve your concerns in real time. Then the magic happens. Ovation takes all the public reviews and all the Ovation private feedback and analyzes them in a single simple view so you can know exactly what to fix and where. It's frictionless for your guests, easy for your managers, and powerful for you. If you're interested in actionable guest feedback, visit ovationup.com slash unstoppable. Unstoppable listeners get one hundred dollars off their setup fee. What are you waiting for? That's ovationup.com slash unstoppable. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, habit of trade a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Strength. What is your biggest weakness? Overthinking. What is one actually, have you grown a team yet?
1: I'm building it that's where we're at I guess we just didn't we didn't talk about that where we're at now but um, yeah building. so
0: as you're building your team what are you looking for in a team member honesty how do you know if someone's honest
1: feel it in my bones
0: in in that gut that you've been (laughs) working on in that gut
1: that I'm talking about
0: Uh, what is uh, the biggest challenge you're facing today
1: Hmm. Um, making my product shelf stable
0: how are you overcoming it
1: um, asking lots of people different questions and how they made theirs shelf stable. And once again, trying to keep my product as close to its beginnings as possible. That will always probably be my ethos with it. So it's you know just an informationally based journey. <laughs>
0: um, what is one book that's must read to make a better person or food and beverage person?
1: Um, it is called The Almanac. It's not necessarily just towards food and Bev. Um, it's about entrepreneurship and sort of following that one thing that you do best in the world. It's The Almanac of, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but Naval Ramakant, I believe his name is the almanac of Raval, Naval Ramakant. Sorry, that's mouthful, but um, he has an amazing book, which really, if you have something that lights you up and you have something you're passionate about, he will motivate you to wanting to start something around it.
0: What was the biggest lesson you learned from that book?
1: That if you have one thing that you feel you do best in the world, that is what you should be pursuing. Yeah. yeah and I make these muffins Damn good. <laughs>
0: Uh, what is one piece of technology you've recently adopted within your business that's had a huge impact?
1: Going on TikTok. I'm not kidding. I learned so much from TikTok because people, once again, like you and me, they tell their stories and business owners, and I love learning from them. Do you it. create on TikTok? We've recently started creating on TikTok. I think I'm doing a lot more of my personal creating, like of sharing my story and my brand on that. Um, but I really use it as a tool for learning. I'm not kidding. What's your strategy for creating? On TikTok? Yeah. Just sharing. Sharing stories. I like just telling different things about thyroid facts or stories that I went through with my thyroid or, you know, different things that have kind of led me to hear just being honest and sharing myself.
0: Uh, and this is the last question. Okay. I get a lot of eye rolls for this question. That's because it's a doozy. So okay. ready. if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world. All the memories of you and your businesses would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be?
1: I'm trying to remember the whole question, but I think it's
0: basically like, what are the three pieces of wisdom that you, you have, you can for sure say for true. This is, this is good advice.
1: I love making other people feel heard. I love hearing other people's experiences and being able to connect them.
0: Make others feel heard.
1: Yeah. Make others feel heard. Um, Create something that creates, positivity. So my muffins, I, I, they're filled with positivity. So therefore I think their ripple effect is creating positivity,
0: Help people feel heard, create positivity through your product and
1: three, I hope I lead by example. And you know, the more I get more honest about everything that I've been through and all of the health struggles that it will inspire other people. So just being upfront about what you've been through and, you know, really sharing in order to help other people. Yeah.
0: And this has been a lot of fun, Emily. Thank you so much for being so, like, ready to do this interview. Like, I reached out to you, I think, less than 24 hours ago. Yeah, I think, I think it
1: was literally, like, 9 p.m. It was 9
0: p.m. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I forgot them. I, was, I meant to message you, but I was running around. I was like, crap, 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 crap. Um, I meant to mention, like, I literally meant to do it, like, right after she, like, let me know that you're interested and that my life just got away from me. I'm sorry. Okay, but, we did it. We yeah, were man, here. It happened. Less than 24 hours. Makeshift
1: um, little studio that we created. It was a beautiful experience. This is my life. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this is, this is normal right here, but you were a great guest. And, uh, if we are actually before we find out the contact information, who do you respect and admire? Somebody you like if you found out there were guests on the show, spill in their guts, sharing their knowledge and wisdom, you would absolutely tune in.
1: Like anybody in this world, anybody in this world. Oh my goodness, that is a great question. I have to dive into that into my psyche. Why didn't you thinking? mention somebody earlier? Oh well, locally, locally, and I mean in general, Helen Hall is a uh, is an incredible businesswoman and just person and. She's great at sharing everything that she's been through, and I love being able to watch her grow her business and um, do everything that she does in life because she's super inspirational. And she makes these things called blender bombs, which are nutrient-dense um, balls of pretty much happiness that you can throw in your in your blender and make it um, filled with amino acids and fiber and all that good stuff.
0: Beautiful. And how can we connect with you if we maybe want to learn more about your process and how you got here? Maybe we want to join your team yeah, and grow uh, with you? Or... Sure. Uh, What else? Maybe we just want to buy some muffins.
1: Yeah. So you want to buy muffins, go to themuffindrop.com. The good news is, is it's pretty much the Muffin Drop everywhere. So at the Muffin Drop on Instagram, at the Muffin Drop on Facebook. I don't use Facebook as much, but... And then It's Emily Eld is me. That's my new account that I created. And that's where I'm kind of trying to just share. Why did
0: you shift away? I was curious about that.
1: Why did I shift away from my other account? Yeah. I feel like I love starting new and I like trying things that are new. And I felt a little bit tethered to maybe a past version of myself. I get that. Um, And I like creating new versions of myself and I like being different every single day. So I wanted to be able to feel more authentic and create a base that Felt like they wanted to hear what I was going to say, you know, and I felt just like super excited being able to just like speak as much as I want to speak on this new space.
0: So we got the, the website, we got the handle, anything else? TikTok. So the same. It's,
1: oh yeah, it's just going to be the same. So it's Emily L it is me personally. And then at the muffin drop on awesome. TikTok as well.
0: So. this is episode nine hundred and ninety five head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash nine nine five. We'll have a summary of today's discussion as well as any tools, services, uh, tools to the services or books recommended and how to connect with Emily, Emily, now is when I say there is no questioning you are unstoppable.
1: Oh wow. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thank you.
0: Thank you. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Emily. Eld for coming on and showing people that you can break the mold, that there is no traditional path. And I think for the longest time, we're just so guilty of of rinsing and repeating what those before us have done. And we can, I mean, I think Emily, you proved today you can start with nothing but a recipe and a digital presence. And that is in reach for most people. And maybe you won't be full time on this right out of the gates, but it's a starting point. And if you keep showing up, if you keep getting your, your product, your brand out there, it was just a matter of time. And uh, I mean, you're clearly passionate about this Emily and you've got the hustle and I just think what you've accomplished in such a short period of time uh, with such minimal resource is truly impressive. So keep up the awesome work. And I love what we're doing here at restaurant unstoppable, letting my guests steer the ship. I mean, if I didn't have Kara graves, call this person out, how else would I have found uh, that the story so early on, uh, so close to the origin in, in making it an example of people, getting these stories, getting to be the first people or the first person to tell these stories. Uh, I just love what's happening here at Restaurant Unstoppable. And my, my guests make it possible. You, my listeners, make it possible. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much for your support. And if you want to continue to support this mission to inspire, empower, and transform the industry, you can do it by supporting our sponsors. You can do it by using our affiliate links. Uh, one thing that I really want to make sure you guys know about right now is that we're going to be bringing the network back so Restaurant Unstoppable Network. We started it in 2020 during the pandemic when I was forced to be in one spot. Uh, I, am, I am now able to get back out into the world into to do what I've always wanted to do, which is travel the country, sit across the table from badass restaurateurs and share long format, deep dive, intimate conversations with how they got to where they are today. It's hard to have a digital presence, to be in front of a computer, to manage com- a community when I'm trying to crank out two of these on-site interviews a week. So we brought on a community manager, someone whose who's sole purpose is going to be to build community at Restaurant Unstoppable Network and go to work for you, our listeners. We want to build this with you. So if you like the idea of just having someone to talk to, another tour who can just listen and to talk about what we're discussing on the show, to, to connect with the past guests, then head over to network.com, sign up, become a member, support this mission, and I cannot wait to meet you. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out.